last May 20th was the beginning of a special Ignatian year called for by the Superior General of the Jesuits, Father Arturo Sosa, in commemoration of the 500th anniversary of the conversion of St. Ignatius, the founder of the Society of Jesus, commonly known as the Jesuits. In fact, the anniversary is actually of the date when Ignatius was injured by a cannonball blast during the Battle of Pamplona. This injury led to his conversion, but that didn't happen until later. Ignatius wanted to be a soldier. He was a man of the world with ambition for glory and fame. He was desperate to fight for their kingdom. And he was willing to die in that Battle of Pamplona. But God had other plans. After this injury, he was never able to be a soldier or to go to battle again. And while he recovered, Ignatius found God in a new and profound way. He turned his passions towards God, discovering how he could be a soldier for Christ by putting himself at the service of others. Many Jesuits have reflected on these cannonballs that the Lord sometimes sends us, sometimes shattering our lives, but also shattering those obstacles that prevent us from a deeper intimacy and ongoing conversion. This year, when many are experiencing the agony of a heavy wound, let Ignatius be our guide, that we may respond like he did and to joyfully go where God leads. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this is the Solomonite Hour. Hello and welcome to another all-new Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. And I'm Jermaine Bagnell. Back here with us, Jermaine. It's good to good to have you with us today. Um, did you have a good uh, Pentecost weekend last weekend? I, I, I did have a good Pentecost weekend and a good long weekend. So a little bit of rest, a little bit of reflection, and a lot of reading. That's right. For us here in Canada, for our, those of you that are listening in the United States, we had a long weekend. It's a... Uh, you guys have Memorial Weekend this weekend. We had Victoria Day weekend last weekend, um, but it was Pentecost. And I and I guess should we be telling Jermaine? Should we be telling people that you're you're a new Catholic? I I am I am I uh, completed my RCA RCIA last year, and uh, yeah, so it's good to be part of the club, as it were. So does does Pentecost have a special significance? I guess last year would have been all kind of messed up for you to be received into the church at Easter. But did, does Pentecost have a, a special meaning or significance to you? Well, I, I think at, at the theological level of it pr promoting, you know, brotherhood and and and, and a sense of unity. Okay. Uh, but but I actually haven't had a chance to like to do uh, a true celebration because right. last year we were in lockdown and. This year we were in yeah, lockdown, so yeah, exactly. I haven't really had a chance to, to dig yeah, in. Exactly. So maybe maybe next year I'll, exactly. I'll get the, the yeah. full experience. The full experience. Well, but you did. You were confirmed, and you did receive the Holy Spirit. So anytime now, you can start speaking in tongues whenever whenever you feel like it. Um, <laughs> anyway, it's uh, today we're back uh, with our regular programming. Sister Marie Paul Curley will be here, and she will be uh, uh, talking about. Uh, I believe one an, an academy one of the academy award films i don't know if it's one of the films that won or was nominated um but uh i she's also going still going on about kind of father figures in film oh, okay um, because that's it's, great yeah because it's the year of saint joseph mm -hmm. so uh but but she's going to be talking about one of the academy award uh films 
uh, and that's in about 10 minutes. And then Jermaine, you are going to be talking about some books. I will be talking about some books on bookends. Got a couple of good ones for everybody. Okay. So, and, uh, yeah, yeah. You'll, but you'll have to wait and tune in to hear what they are and reasons why you should read them or there listen to them. Ooh. Ooh, there you go. So a uh, little, uh, little uh, teaser there. Um, so that's in about 15 minutes on bookends. Uh, we're not going to say if it's a children's book. I know Jermaine likes children's books. Um, there might be a children's book in there somewhere. Maybe not sure. Anyway. Um, so I asked you about Pentecost. Um, how about Mary? And I think, and I say that not to you as a new Catholic, but as a, as a guy, do you feel mm-hmm. like you have this a connection with Mary or that, that Mary is a good model for you, Jermaine? I, I would say yes. And, and I, I guess my connection uh, comes through the rosary uh, oh, yeah. being, having that being brought uh, into my life and, and just that, reciting and in that whole experience i think is where my linkage uh come huh. comes into it and you know growing up i i went to i guess more baptist yes protestant sort of church so n- just having that experience of mary being more at the forefront it, it's it's really interesting and uh seeing just the value that's placed on her and and as as i see it as an extension like women as a whole within within the faith mm. so i think that's that's pretty amazing that's one of, one of the things i like one of the many things i like yes yes no and the reason why i'm asking is because in our second half hour we're going to be speaking with uh professor josephine lombardi she's a professor here at the seminary in in the in toronto saint augustine seminary um but she just uh made a, a documentary and her documentary is called the first lady so mary Ooh and her successors. And it's a film that features nine women of faith who follow in the footsteps of Mary. Um, And she says that she wanted to make Mary more accessible because Mary can be a model for us, even though, um, and I will ask her because I, she does say that the film is for women. Um, But uh, it's nice to hear that men also have, you know, Mm -hmm. a devotion to Mary and that Mary can be a model for everyone. So that's Mm -hmm. in in about 20 minutes, uh, Professor Josephine Lombardi about her film, The First Lady and Her Successors. That sounds great. And us as men, I I think, even though it's geared towards women, I feel like even though I haven't seen a trailer, that there's a lot for us to learn. Yeah, I think I think that there is. I think that there is because, like, uh, like I said, and I will ask her, but I, it's not Mary's. Not <laughs> women do not have the corner on Mary. Um, <laughs> anyway, and today uh, we have a new singer songwriter that we're going to be meeting, Molly Morrow. Um, I keep joking with Billy that uh, we, you know, he always is amazed at how every time we have a new singer songwriter who's every never week. been on the program, every not quite every week. Some people come back, and I always love having artists coming back. But uh, I'm pretty sure that from now until the end of the season, the end of June, every mm-hmm. week is going to be someone who has not yet been on the show. And that's that's all... incredible. It that's is incredible. incredible. I, is... I, you know what? I got to tip my hat hat to you. You you find no. all these amazing people. Well, no, I mean, I mean, the Holy Spirit sends them to me. No, I, I, it's great that they're out there. They're they're doing great, great music. Um, so this week it's Molly Morrow. Molly is a young singer-songwriter. She's the worship leader of an organization that's called the Love, the, the Be Love Revolution. So we're going to learn about that. Uh, it's affiliated with Renewal Ministries. Some people might be fam- familiar with Renewal Ministries. Um, and Molly, uh, I was going to say recently, but it wasn't recently. It's was about two years ago that she released her first album, her debut album, Lead Me. 
And uh, so we're going to be listening to music from her album and uh, we're going to get to know her a little better um, at the end of the program. So that's in about 25 minutes, half an hour. Um, if you're not going to be around, be sure to go to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast to listen to the whole show. You can also subscribe to the show, as you know, on Spotify or wherever you get your podcast. So Jermaine, ready for a song? Always looking forward to it. So let's, uh, let's listen to Molly Morrow. Here's Molly Morrow with her song, I'm Home, from her album, Lead Me. The end of the
That was Molly Morrow with I'm Home from her album Lead Me. And we're going to be speaking with Molly Morrow at the end of the program. And in a little bit, Jermaine will be back with us with a few more good book suggestions for you. So stay tuned. And now it's time for Windows to the Soul with Sister Marie Paul Curley. Sister, it's good to see you. Welcome back. It's great to be here as always, Deacon Pedro. Uh, did you catch the um, Academy Awards this year at all? On, no, on it's, been, it's been a few years now that I have not caught the Academy Awards. And I don't think I even watched many of the films except maybe The Trial of the Chicago 7. That was one of the, the, the Best Picture nominees, right? See, I don't even know what was nominated. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? This was a hard year to keep up with the, with the movies um, between streaming and what was in theaters and when theaters were open and, and all of that. What's available, so. what's available. People, could, if it's not on Netflix, you have to get watch it on Disney or watch it on Amazon or, yeah, I know. It's been, it's, yeah, the, the, how we watch movies is really developing Change, over these yeah. past couple of years. It's changed a lot. Um, I also watched a trial of the Chicago seven and that's a very interesting film. Very well done. Yeah. Um, but I wanted to catch a number of uh, Oscar nominees. So I actually decided to focus in on one because I want to stay with our theme of, you know, strong male father figures okay. uh, to kind of continue to remind myself, because it's, uh, when I do these shows, it's always for myself first. What am I finding that's helpful in these films? Yes. Um, but also to remember St. Joseph, you know, he's so, um, he's such a neglected saint. Yes. Um, so yeah. I'm really hoping that this year, St. Joseph um, really highlights uh, uh, our devotion to him, our prayers, our understanding of really of, uh, of what it means to be a man, what it means to be a father, what it means to be mm -hmm. a follower of Christ. Right. Um, since he really was the first, really. Um, I just, you know, it's just, uh, he's, he's wonderful. St. Yes. Joseph is. Yeah, and is. The more time oh. you spend with him, the better he is. <laughs> so you found, you did so, find some, some films that have strong father figures or. Yeah. And one of them was one of the Oscar award winners this year. Uh, the, the film is called Minari. Oh, and yes. it is, yeah, it's an American film, but it's made, uh, the story is the story of a Korean immigrant, a family that's immigrated from Korea and was living in California, but they moved to Arkansas to start a farm uh, to grow Korean vegetables for the Korean immigrant community. And it's really, it's about the father's dream of starting a farm, but it's a very powerful family film, a bit of a slice of life family uh -huh. film. There's, there's, while there are really uh, strong character arcs, I would say for every character, it's a very nuanced film. There's a lot of subtlety in it. And um, so the, the family moves to Arkansas. And of course they, the uh, Jacob is the father played by a, a brilliant Stephen Young. I mean, he's just mm -hmm. amazing. And um, it's, wonderful to see these actors switch back and forth to, from Korean to English. Yeah. Um, so the Korean part is subtitled and the English part is in English. So it's great. And then the two children. Um, and then uh, a little ways through the film, the grandmother uh, comes and joins the family, the mother's uh, mother, the wife's mm -hmm. mother. And she is uh, both the comic relief and a source of great tension in the film uh, because, and, and she's, I think why the film has a PG 13 rating because Oh. She is a very, uh, 
well, her language is not the best. Okay. And even though you're not, you're only hearing Korean swear words, um, you are reading them on the screen, which yep. is a way of doing that uh, bad language um, that I had not thought about. Uh -huh. uh, anyway, but she's she actually won the Academy Award for supporting Best Supporting Actress. So she does, if I'm not mistaken. So she does an amazing job um, with that. And basically, the reason why I chose the film to talk about the film is, you know, the the letter that Pope Francis writes on St. Joseph, he gives these adjectives to describe fatherhood. Um, he talks about St. Joseph as a beloved father. And I think um, while there is a lot of tension between husband and wife in this film, because the wife is very concerned that they're risking everything to start this farm. And she's right. concerned about her her son's health, his, her son's health is very fragile, which you find out early on in the film. Uh -huh. And so there's a lot of tension between the two of them. And yet you see this father who's so hardworking and is really thinking about the needs of pretty much every member of the family, even when he's facing that tension, even when it's so, so difficult. So this, this sense of, um, you know, he's following his own dream, but he's doing it for the sake of his family, for providing for his family and for offering hope for the future for his children so that they can know what it's like to follow their dreams. And they do all this with this very sparse dialogue that's half in English and half in Korean. So it's, it's, it's very well done. Uh -huh. um, the other piece that I really liked about the film is you see how tender Jacob is with his son, David. Okay. Um, David's young. I think that David is the son. He's about six, maybe. I'm, I'm not sure. Um, but he's very tender. He spends a lot of time in conversation with his son, even though, you know, this is a Korean immigrant family of the 1980s. And so family discipline is different um, uh -huh. than maybe we would think of today. And yet he's very tender with his son and with his wife. Mm. Um, the daughter's a little bit of the neglected character. So I feel like the screenplay got a little lost there. But um, but in terms of these family members, you really fall in love with them and you really start rooting for them. Um, I think the great sacrificial love that the father has for his family, his willingness to work, to change, to grow is just very impressive and offers us a beautiful model of fatherhood. Um, so I, I, it's rated PG 13, but I do feel like for the most part, it's a family film. There are some very, there's some very real moments. There's a, there's serious drama, there's serious illness. Um, and, uh, and it's, it's, again, it's a slice of life. So you're kind of going deeper into the characters, but nice. it's a great watch. I do recommend it. Yeah. Um, good. And it is on Netflix so people can easily access it access it. it's it's streaming um I yeah i think it's on apple plus i i don't remember where it's available but i think it's available okay. pretty much it's available it. everywhere all right good yeah. so that's minari yes yes so um i i had a couple other films to talk about but um one is a zombie movie with a great father figure, but I think we might just have to leave that till next time. Maybe now that's good. That's a good uh, intriguing message to leave our listeners with. Come back next time and find out who the good father figure is in the zombie movie. Um, okay, good. But Minari, good. I'm glad you spoke about that because I heard a lot about that film. Thank you, Deacon Pedro. You're, you and I, all the listeners are in my prayers. Thank you. Sister Marie Paul Curley, she's with the Congregation of the Daughters of St. Paul, and you can read her blog at windowstothesoul.wordpress.com, and you can also follow her at Sister M. Paul. 
Hello, I'm Roma Downey, and you're listening to the Salt and Light Hour with Deacon Pedro. I'm Deacon Pedro, and I am happy if you would send me a message. You can email me, Pedro, at slmedia.org. You can also find me uh, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. And now it's time for Book Ends with Jermaine Bagnell. Jermaine. So, a couple new books today. Yes. Welcome, everybody, to another edition of Bookends. And yes, this week I have two new books that cover a wide range of re- readers. Mm-hmm. The first one is very much in line with the first two episodes of Bookends. You know, <laughs> strum a drum roll. It's a, da, 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 a children's a book. <laughs> children's book. That's great. Uh, so this one is called Jesus, I Adore You, Children Praying Before the Blessed Sacrament. It's by Sabine de de Mesnil, uh, originally published in France in 2019 by MAM, and the English edition is published by Magnificent uh, in 2021. So this book is aimed at five years and above, although it's a bit lengthy for this age group because it's like 63 pages. Wow. Yeah. Uh, but although it's long, the book's contents are broken down into like short digestible sections that help kids gain an understanding and an appreciation for Eucharistic adoration mm. and prayer in general. And honestly, as somebody who is newer to the faith, this book was actually quite handy for me too. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they usually are for kids. Kids. Um, so is it is it more of a picture book? Is there because 63 pages of pictures could be okay. Yeah, it, they, they are really short. It, it, there's a lot of um, art and still a, a lot of text. So it's kind of like somewhere in, in between. Um, but even with, with the, the picture book Ness in it uh, and with all the text, I like that it's broken down to small sections uh, because families can kind of bounce around and talk yeah. about a section before bed or whenever they would might read this. Um, and so here's an example of one of the sections, uh, it's called what a racket. And so in this section, it describes what many likely feel during adoristic, uh, during Eucharistic adoration. Yeah. I gotta see this book was handy for me. I'll even (laughs) say it properly. Uh, so it's really handy during Eucharistic adoration or prayer or frankly mass. Uh, you know, because sometimes you could get have a feeling of being jumbled and your mind is filled with so much stuff. Uh, but this book explains basically that that's okay. And that to overcome having all this stuff in your head during that time is is give it to God, give it to Jesus. Uh, the advice in the book simply states, don't worry. Tell Jesus about all these things right now. Talk to him about the things that make you happy, the things that make you sad. And this provides a template for both kids and adults to kind of work through your all these filled f- thoughts to clear them and then get back to Eucharistic adoration. Uh, so it, it's 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 handy. It's got these little these little golden nuggets in in there. Um, so it, it is a good family book. And honestly, maybe it could be part of the RCIA uh, handbook. I don't know. <laughs> interesting, interesting. And you said it's published by Magnificat, um, uh, mm-hmm. which, in case people don't know, that's it's it's Ignatius Press. Um, yes. Uh, so so published by Ignatius, and and I guess you can get it through Magnificat or anywhere you get your books, right? Hmm. Um, Yes. And then the other book I read is by a Catholic writer, executive producer, and actress, Jeannie Gaffigan. Right. Uh, 
Her husband is Jim Gaffigan. Yes. Uh, the, the book is called When Life Gives You Pairs, The Healing Power of Family, Faith, and Funny People. It's published by Grand Central Publishing and came out in 2019. Mm-hmm. Um, and this book is a reflection of Jeannie's life when she was diagnosed with a pear-sized brain tumor and the journey her and her family took to get through it. And a big disclaimer to everybody, uh, technically I did not read this book. I actually listened to it on my Audible, Audible app. And okay. the reason I, I did that is uh, anytime there's a comedian who writes a book, I'm, I'm really into comedy, I really like to listen to it because there's just certain nuances that you get from them that you just can't recreate in your, in your brain. You know, like the, the, the preface, uh, Jim Gaffigan, her husband, uh, did his delivery of his typical dry humor to set the stage of the book in in the preface and you know and that and that just sets you up to know what you're going to be dealing with um what's something really re- unique with this particular book uh was Jeannie herself so as she read the start of the book you hear her voice and you hear the ravages of the surgery and the tumor on her. Mm. Uh, it was very hoarse and raspy. And in the beginning, she explains that part of the book will, re- will be read by her pre-tumor voice double, her sister. She said that they were basically sounded the same, like of what she used to sound like. And then later on, she would come back. So first part of the book, it sounds like a quote unquote normal voice. And then as you get the story progress and you get to post-surgery then Jeannie herself comes back so really just that simple thing makes you feel what she's kind of been through um and 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 the book is great you know it it felt like at a front row seat to to the experience of um the experience of like what she went through what her family went through and and it really it was beautiful because Jeannie just showed us how a person can face an existential crisis with a mix of grace, humility, and humor. Yeah. And, and, and she did this really emphasizing the importance of her faith in different parts and, and the power of miracles, just even how she discovered her tumor or just the right people showed up when she, when she needed them. Um, and, you know, it's not to say that it's easy, but because of her spiritual life and her faith it was made much more manageable uh, i really encourage everybody to to read this book or if you have the audible app download it it, it, yeah, it makes okay. a great listen and and you know what i think this will really open up people's heart to to grace the power of prayer and and some laughter yeah it is wonderful yeah that sounds good you know i'm not really into listening to books i, I used to drive a lot but i'm not driving anymore I, lo- I love reading but this is certainly making me want to listen to it um and it's not just to, so it's not a Catholic book, but because she talks about faith, she is Catholic. So you would say that this is absolutely a, a book that would help nourish people spiritually as well. 100%, 100%. 100%. Okay, good. So Jeannie Gaffigan, when life gives you pairs, the healing power of family, faith, and funny people. And then the children's book with Jesus, I adore you as well. Mm-hmm. Jesus, I adore you. Thank you, Jermaine. These are really good suggestions for people as we go into the summer. Maybe they can... Uh, listen to or read some good books uh, I'm, I'm glad to to keep providing them and uh yeah just hopefully folks add this to their list excellent so good thank you very much and we'll see you we'll see you in two weeks indeed
Jermaine Bagnall. He's a producer here at Salt and Light Media and the host of Working in Faith. You can watch that program on Salt and Light Plus, and you can follow him at Jermaine Bagnall. Coming up in our second half hour, Josephine Lombardi about her new film, The First Lady and Her Successors, and we meet singer-songwriter Molly Morrow. So stay right where you are. Hello and welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2. I'm Deacon Pedro. We have all learned that Mary was conceived without sin. She is full of grace. She has the title of the Mother of God, and we celebrate her perpetual virginity. We also believe that she didn't die, but was assumed into heaven. Perhaps for these reasons, for a lot of people, Mary seems a little bit out of reach, an impossible ideal. And for this reason, theologian, author, and professor Josephine Lombardi wanted to make Mary more accessible. So she made a documentary, The First Lady and Her Successors. It is a film dedicated to women who have been away from the church and who feel there is no place for them in the church. And to tell us more about it, I'm now joined by Dr. Josephine Lombardi. Josie, it's good to have you on the program. Oh, thank you, Deacon Pedro. It's good to be here. Thank you. So um, what made you want to do this film? I mean, you're a theologian, you're a professor. Why now a documentary filmmaker? <laughs> well, um, I've always had a, a devotion to our Blessed Mother. Um, and I've spent years either reflecting or pondering her life and praying, reading, uh, teaching on the topic of Mariology in, in my course, Ecclesiology, and doing other sessions with seminarians and lay students. Mm -hmm. but, I, but I've also had um, a passion for, for writing um, and also for several years had a dream of making a documentary, a okay. film project. And so about a year and a half ago, I approached the Board of Governors at St. Augustine Seminary I'd never taken a sabbatical. I'd been teaching for 16 years. Mm -hmm. And so I asked for a sabbatical leave. And when you ask for a leave, you have to propose your project, whether okay. it's a writing project, a book, something like that. And I proposed this film and they said, yes. Okay. So they gave me the leave uh, to uh, work on the film. And that's how it all came to okay, be. Okay, good. Now the film is about, is about Mary, um, yes. But but I, I think, is, am I safe to say that it's not in the usual sense? I don't think what people would be expecting. Why, why, why did you choose to approach Mary the way you did in the film? I wanted to start with scripture mm -hmm. because I thought that this would be a way of not only reaching Catholics, but other Christians as well, who know of Mary of Nazareth, the mother of Jesus, but perhaps... Um, don't know enough about her, haven't really established any kind of relationship. Maybe they can't relate to her. They, they think she's inaccessible, an impossible ideal. So I wanted to start with scripture and we journey with the biblical Mary beginning mm -hmm. in Genesis with the first messianic prophecy uh, and ending in the book of Revelation. And as we journey with Mary and reflect on her words in scripture and any events associated with Mary, I invite other women to share their own life experience and how they relate to Mary, anything she said, anything she did, mm -hmm. and why they have a relationship with her. So my, my hope is just to reach uh, men and women and, and introduce Mary to them, and for many, maybe for the first time. 
Yes, I, I and I want I, I want to. There's a few things there that I want to get back to. One is about whether it's for men or women, and I do want to hear a little bit more about the women that are featured in the film. Um, but but there's something about the film that you made me think. So you start off by what it looks like you're just looking at the joyful mysteries because those are moments where Mary's in. But then you sort of went off off the mysteries and and into other places and other God like the Gospel of John or the you know or the Book of Revelation and and Genesis you had mentioned earlier, and it made me think that maybe they are all mysteries. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? Can you tell me oh, a little absolutely. bit more about that? Absolutely. I start off the film by talking about like what constitutes a mystery is something that's impossible to explain mm-hmm. um, and to explain with words, for example. And yes, we get into the sorrowful mysteries as well, the crucifixion, the luminous mysteries with Cana. And again, we end with yeah. the Revelation. And, and this is a mystery that Mary was assumed body and soul into heaven, crowned queen of heaven. And it's hard to explain these things and yeah. try to understand why they happen, how they happen, and using words and explaining these mysteries. But with our heart and with deep prayer and meditation, we can ponder these mysteries and think about what do they mean for us, mm-hmm. yeah. for our future. Uh, for our own restoration, uh, what does it mean to be a daughter of the Most High? Uh, what what does it mean to relate to Mary, or that we can be like her? So even though she was conceived without the stain of original sin, we can grow to be like her, more and more full of grace of God's free gift of supernatural power and strengthening, um, so that our faith will be greater than our fear. So Mary reveals to us our higher selves and that with God's grace, regardless of our past, it's possible. Right. Why do you, why do you think that, that knowing about Mary and about these mysteries can help, and I'll say women, but I guess people come, come back to the church or, or make them feel like there is a place for them in the church? Because Mary is human and she's a creature like us right. and she knows her son the best. And he took his flesh from her. They have an intimate relationship as um, a son and mother. And being the new Eve, the early church fathers referred to her as the new Eve, meaning Mary reveals God's intended plan for us in the beginning. That we are created in the image and likeness of God. And so to be like God means to be free to love without fear and free to reason without fear. Mm. And Mary reveals that image to us mm. that she's, she's the, um, there's a mystery in Mary. <laughs> and because she's a human um, and, you know, even though she was sinless, she wasn't spared any struggle. And in, and in some cases, she experienced the pain that others experience if they've kind of had a slip and fall in their life. Right. Um, and she experienced it, the, you know, gossip, rumor, isolation, having to flee to save her family. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah. she can relate to so many of us, mothers, wives, single women. So I, I chose women who represent a variety, a wide range of women. Yeah, I was going to ask you about about the women. So you you yeah. chose you chose humans, you chose women <laughs> to help yeah. reflect to help reflect on on this this one woman. So mm-hmm. tell me a little bit about the the women that you that are featured and and why sort of who do they represent? Yeah, so I uh, most of the women um, I knew uh, colleagues and friends. Uh, one was um, 
recommended to me by someone who worked on the film. Uh, and so I prayed over, you know, who would best represent which mystery or which moment in Mary's life. Uh, so I'll, I'll give you two examples. A lovely uh, Angela Ferguson, a millennial. Um, I asked her to reflect on the flight to Egypt. So although it's not a mystery, it is one of Mary's sorrows. Mm -hmm. And I asked her to talk a little bit about her experience coming to Canada from Kenya. Mm -hmm. You know, getting used to a new culture, new people, new customs. And so she connected that experience to Mary's flight to Egypt. Uh, another very moving uh, um, encounter uh, with my dear friend Leanne, who shared uh, the sorrow of losing her son. And so Leanne shares her own experience when we reflect on Mary standing at the foot of the cross and how Mary brought her comfort in her time of grief. Mm -hmm. um, others shared, you know, very painful moments like miscarriages. Um, you know, I had Sister Mary Grace from the Sister of Life uh, say something to young women who are in crisis. Yeah. And how Mary can support you if, you know, you're in a crisis pregnancy and you're feeling lost and alone, that you're not alone, that mm -hmm. Mary's walked that road and she's there with you and will pray for you and accompany you. Uh, so you... beautiful, very moving, moving moments throughout the film. Yes. Yeah. Why do you, why do you feel that these women, and, I'm, and I'll include you in, in that group as well, why are you successors? Why are we successors? Okay, well, uh, you'd have to watch the whole film, especially <laughs> okay. when I reflect on Mary at Pentecost. Okay. Because many people are not aware that in the book of Acts, chapter 1, Mary is listed as uh, someone who is present in the upper room just before the descent of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. And so the author of the book of uh, Acts, whom we believe to be St. Luke, tells us that apart from the 11 apostles, because of course Judas Iscariot sadly takes his life and they're about to elect his successor, that Mary and certain women were mm -hmm. in the upper room. And that's why liturgical images abound of Our Lady present at Pentecost. So if the apostles have their successors, um, Mary would have inspired other women. So St. Maximus the Confessor in his Life of the Virgin gives us some details regarding Mary's life after the Ascension. Mm -hmm. So tradition tells us that Mary not only was an advisor to the apostles and comforted them and accompanied them, that she had other women. And, and these uh -huh. other women were inspired by Mary and uh, were blessed by her counsel. And so we're called to be Marian successors. Yeah, I love that. I and love Mary that. had a seat at the table. Yes, she yeah. did. Yeah, mm -hmm. she did. Um, I love that. And as you said earlier, it's not just women who can be inspired by Mary, but also men. So it's not just yes. a film for, for women. Um, Josie, we're going to leave it there. But thank you so much for uh, for making the film and for, for doing the work that you do, teaching us a little bit more about Mary and about our faith and, uh, and inspiring us, giving us... Uh, Give us some of those mysteries to inspire us today. Oh, well, thank you, Deacon Pedro. Thank you. I'm, I'm just so honored and thrilled that uh, uh, you're, you're interested in the film and that you've given me an opportunity to uh, share some of the insights from the film. Thank you. Dr. Josephine Lombardi. She's a theologian, an author, and a presenter. She is Associate Professor of Pastoral and Systematic Theology and Director of Lay Formation for St. Augustine's Seminary in the Archdiocese of Toronto. You can find out all about her documentary, The First Lady and Her Successors, 
at her website, josephinelombardi.com. And if you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to it again, just visit us at our website, eselmedia.org. Here now is Molly Morrow with Enough from her album, Lead Me. Blood and water flowing out from the side of the one who has given everything for my selfish sin. How can I be enough for such a That was Molly Morrow with Enough from her album, Lead Me. Molly Morrow began writing songs when she was 12 years old, but it wasn't until she attended Franciscan University that she felt truly called to writing music. When she's not working as a worship leader for Be Love Revolution, she can be found writing songs and leading worship at retreats and conferences. After a successful 2018 Kickstarter campaign, Molly released her debut EP, Lead Me, in January 2019. And as you've been hearing, it is a collection of songs that all come from a place of prayer and scripture. And I'm sorry that it's taken me this long to get her on the program, but better late than never. So I'm very happy to say that Molly Morrow is joining us now on the program. Molly, welcome to the Salt and Light Hour. 
Thank you so much for having me. Excited to be here. So um, you went to Franciscan U. Were you? Did you grow up Catholic? Were you? Were you always Catholic? Yeah, I grew up Catholic uh, my whole life. One of seven kids. Oh wow! Um, lived in a very yeah second youngest. So okay. <laughs> one Just of the spoiled. babies. Yeah. <laughs> in of sorts. <laughs> so um, and the faith was very um, present in my family life. My parents definitely yeah. gave it to us um, from the very beginning and lived it. Um, very vigorously and yeah. faithfully. And they actually had a, you know, their big conversions through Franciscan conferences as well. Okay. So, so it, yeah, so that's kinda, the family. was yeah. it, was it very, very musical as, as well as a family or, or are you the outlier there? Yeah, not so much. My parents don't really, um, some of my siblings like can sing, but don't really do much with it. My sister sings, um, but I was the only person in the family that kind of followed the path of a musician um okay. post you post a young child yeah <laughs> so. and are you d did you end up at franciscan U because you wanted to or did you feel like family pressure are you the only uh, of your siblings that ended up going to franciscan U? no so i am the sixth of seven <laughs> to go there so everybody in my family has gone not my parents but Okay. My oldest sister was the first wow. and my parents really wanted us to go there. So she went and everybody kind of just followed behind. At first I was like, I don't really want to because, you know, all my siblings have been there mm -hmm. and yeah, I, know. you know, went to school, high school near there. And, but then once I realized, um, it felt like home to me. Then mm -hmm. I was like, I don't really, I never applied to any other school. And I was like, this is, this feels like home to me. And I know for whatever reason, this is where I'm supposed to be. Had you so. been to Steubenville conferences? I guess in high mm -hmm. school. Yeah. Yep. I had been in high school. Um, all my siblings have been in high school yeah. as well. So, so I knew what it was all about. And, and I know you're, you, you're also kind of do work or affiliated somehow with renewal ministry. So was it a very charismatic kind of upbringing for you and your family? <laughs> Yeah, my parents, yeah, because the Steubenville Conference has kind of got in touch with the charismatic renewal and just that whole spirit. And um, I was definitely raised partially with like worship music, but definitely mm -hmm. got more into it once I was at Franciscan myself. Yeah. So, so yeah. would you say, sorry, what did you study at, at Franciscan? I studied psychology. So, oh yeah. my gosh. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this is going to lead into talking about music. Uh, let's talk about psychology. Um, why did you study psychology? I wanted to be a mental health counselor. I wanted okay. to work um, with people who had trauma therapy. So that was my like goal day one. And then the Lord had different plans. I did my psychology degree and then um, I was about to do my master's um, at Franciscan as well. Uh -huh. uh, when I got offered the job I have now. Okay. And, so and that's, decided, yeah. and that's the job with be love revolution. And I'm, Correct. I'm ashamed to say I'd never heard about, I've heard of renewal ministries, but I'd never yeah. heard of be love revolution. Tell us about that. Yeah. So be love revolution. We're under renewal ministries. Yes. So we are a ministry within the mm -hmm. larger renewal. Um, so the tagline for Be Love Revolution is Be His, Be Free, Be Love. And mm. we're a ministry for high school girls. Okay. And so we have a staff of, I think, four full-time girls, young adult women. And then we have like four interns right now as well. Mm -hmm. And our whole goal is to be based where we are in the community where we are of Ann Arbor mm -hmm. and to teach the girls a relationship with Jesus, discipleship. Yeah community and we have bible studies we have worship nights we have small groups for each grade That's great 
so many different things. And it's really based on that one-on-one mentorship with the Mm -hmm. girls, Mm -hmm. um, just walking with them through high school, through the difficulties of what a high school life can bring nowadays. What a blessing. So So you're doing that full-time now, worship. Mm -hmm. You're the worship leader at Beloved Revolution full-time. I guess, I guess the psychology comes in handy then if you're working with high school girls and kind of walking yeah it definitely has served me well kind of learning that relational work and Mm -hmm. that side of things um just understanding how to approach girls no matter you know what's going on in their life Mm -hmm. and just being a presence there for them so yeah do you see that your music i mean correct me if i'm wrong I, I don't get the sense that music you know like recording is, is such a, a priority in your life right now mm-hmm. um, um and we can talk about that but but yeah. do you feel that that the music that you've written or the way you're using your songs now is part of that to sort of help encounter not just women but i mean people and kind of mm-hmm. where they're at and and help <laughs> i hate to say i mean the album is called lead me to help them yeah. find that sort of yeah Christ leading them somewhere, helping them? Yeah, for sure. I think mostly that comes from like, you know, obviously those songs are like prayers and are, are from that like relationship with the Lord. Mm-hmm. So I think those songs have helped me um, learn how to express that in a way and also be able to like guide other people into that for sure. So I think that's definitely been a huge help in like where I am and um, yeah, helping others kind of learn that path. Is it was that your experience with kind of getting to a place where you needed to just surrender and trust and let God lead you somewhere. Is that where the title of the album comes from? Yeah, for sure. That kind of mostly was born out of um, just lead me with my relationship with the Lord. Cause Mm -hmm. I was in a place where I was like, you know, my heart was slowly being converted and I was knowing him in a deeper and deeper way. Um, And I just really wanted him to lead me where he wanted me to go, whatever that looked like and like Mm -hmm. deeper into who he was. And I didn't want to have like my own preconceived notions of what my relationship with him was going to look like. Um, I wanted it to be very led by him. And then that turned into being led into, you know, where am I going in my life? What do you want me? What do you have for me? Um, Because I just want whatever that is, you know, not whatever my plan is. So there was a lot of surrender with my, you know, career path change (laughs) post-college thinking I was going one way and then going another. So um, it was kind of a mixture of things, both spiritually and just the path of my life. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Are you still writing? Is there another album in there somewhere? I mean, I know you have more songs. I'm still writing. There there are songs that didn't make it into the EP. So I guess that there could be another EP, but are you still writing? Yes. Right. I am still writing for sure. Um, Yeah. In terms of recording, I kind of waiting on the Lord to see what he wants me to do with that. Because I've always been wary of just releasing stuff just to put something out there Mm -hmm. um, or just to put music out into the world. But I really wanted to make sure that it's, what God wants others to hear and that it's the right step for me. Cause the first one was that. And so I was like, I don't want to ever make this um, something where I'm just trying to put something out. Cause I feel like I'm supposed to, or the timing should be right. Mm-hmm. Quote unquote. I really want this to be what Jesus wants, whatever that is. And so if he wants me to wait, then I'll wait. If he wants me to release something, I'll release it. So kind of just waiting on him and seeing what he wants. Yeah. 
and you're, I mean, you're blessed that you, you don't have to worry about that for an income that you, you do have yeah. a job that allows you to do what you love and use your talents. Mm-hmm. Um, for sure. And I guess when the, as you say, it allows you to be able to, to be open to wherever God leads mm-hmm. you in that sense. For um, sure. Molly, it's been really good meeting you. I'm so glad I stumbled upon you. you um, <laughs> and uh, I love the music. I love your voice. Um, there's, there's great talent there. So I do hope that there's more to come from you, but I'm willing to wait. Um, there will be. <laughs> um, so good to meet you. And thank you. Thank you for sharing with us a little bit about you today. Of course, thank you for having me. It's been such a blessing to talk with you. You can find Molly Marrow on whatever social media platforms you use. You can listen to the album Lead Me on Spotify. You can download it off iTunes and you can find out more about Be Love Revolution at their website, which is really easy, beloverevolution.com. Here now to take us out is Molly Morrow with Surrendering from her debut album, Lead Me. Fill half my heart with an unrelenting grip Trying to extinguish my hope So I'm looking for the key to release me It's in your hand Listening to Molly Morrow with Surrendering from her album Lead Me, and that will take us to the end of the program. Remember that you can listen to the Salt and Light Hour podcast anywhere you get your podcasts. You can also listen to every single Salt and Light Hour program that has ever been made at our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. And you can find me, Deacon Pedro, on your social media, and also you can email me, pedro at slmedia.org. In the next few weeks, celebrating the Sacred Heart devotion and becoming the woman you were created to be as well as we meet singer, songwriters Nick and Nikki Garza and Wade McNutt. So you don't want to miss our next couple of shows. Thank you for being with us today. Continue to pray for each other and take care of each other. I'm Deacon Pedro and this has been Dear brothers and sisters, the Holy Spirit is with you.
Jesus, you draw.